The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thank you again to all of our listeners who have been providing their feedback and all the topics that you've enjoyed. We're in a new year here. It's 2024. If you're listening to this fresh, this podcast, the beginning of the year 2024, it's always a good time for us to look at the things that have worked on our AI Today podcast, the things people have enjoyed, the things maybe people want to hear less of. And hearing from you at this time of the year is incredibly important. Now, even if you're listening to this, say, podcast later on in the year, we still like to hear from you. So if you're listening to this AI Today podcast for the first time, you should know that this podcast is really about the places where you can come to hear interviews with AI thought leaders, conversations about topics focusing on what's happening with AI, and of course, all this thought leadership around AI best practices for the folks who are trying to put AI projects together, our solution providers and our partners, and all those folks who are trying to make best practices and do best practices for running AI projects the right way. Exactly. And so while we always love to have podcasts where, you know, we we get to talk about different topics, we really do love to interview folks in the field who are actually putting AI into practice. So we're excited to have with us today, Christina Cusick, who is the Executive Director of Intelligent Automation at CAI, and she is also CPMAI certified. Welcome, Christina, and thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Kathleen and Rod. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at CAI. Okay, sure. Um, Like Kathleen said, uh, my name is Christina Cusick. I'm the Executive Director of Intelligent Automation and the Practice Lead at CAI. And I've been assisting clients in their automation journey from building hyper-automation teams for RPA and document extraction to artificial intelligence and conversational AI for the last five years. So very exciting times in my world. Um, CAI, for those who don't know, we are a global technology services firm with over 8,500 associates worldwide, and we have a yearly revenue of over a billion, so pretty decent-sized company. Um, We're also a leader in recruiting and placing neurodivergent teams in technology roles, which is really near and dear to my heart. Um, In fact, my team is neurodiverse, and that's just the way we do business. So if anybody wants more information about that, they can visit us at CAI.io. Um, to learn more about that program or any of our services. 
Yeah, that's really very interesting. It's also kind of kind of a meta thing because we're talking about intelligence and automation and systems and things that can help people do their jobs better. Augmented intelligence, we love to talk about a lot. So it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, things to talk about, especially the neurodivergent. That's a really interesting, uh, unique thing that we actually haven't heard before. So maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the challenges as you're, you are responsible for putting these intelligent automation projects into practice with real customers who have real problems, which means that I'm sure you're running into many of these challenges and problems yourself. So maybe you could talk about some of the challenges that you're seeing around data, advanced analytics, AI, automation, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So um, I, I hear from a lot of our stakeholders that they want to be able to leverage uh, the power of AI in their organization, but they are not sure how to get started. Um, a lot of CEOs are saying, all right, what is our AI strategy? Um, I need a strategy for 2024. What have you got for me? Get it on my desk was the rush at the end of the year. So as you would imagine, I've been scrambling to really get the word out um, about some great advantages you can get from implementing AI. Um, some of our clients have grown through acquisition. Um, so their data challenges include uh, some of the typical ones you see around uh, volume, veracity, velocity, variety, um, changes that uh, challenges that can be really overwhelming for them about their data, just the quantity in all the separate locations, right? And then a lack of data management strategy. It's really hard to get your AI uh, solutions implemented, your AI models built when you have so much data in so many different locations globally. Um, so having that data management strategy and the data governance required to secure your data and make sure the permissions are set properly, those are real challenges that we see regularly. And it feels like a monumental task, but just like anything, you break it down into, into manageable pieces, manageable objectives, and, and, and you just barrel through it because it's really rewarding and important work um, to leverage these tools. Um, Development for a business case in AI is probably the thing that our customers come to me most often. Um, you know, their CEO interacts with ChatGPT, and next thing they know, you know, their their door is being beaten down, saying, "What is our AI plan? You know, what is our rollout? How are we using this?" And you know, I get invited to speak sometimes. A you know, at these conferences, and everybody's talking about the how, right? How you can how LLMs work, how neural networks work, how cool the technology is, and not talking about the business case where businesses can get real value from implementing these technologies. And I think that that's a key component, like the most important thing. I'm at these conferences and the audience's eyes just glaze over or as they're discussing you know, recurrent neural networks and, you know, GAN. And it's, it's, it's just funny. And, it, it, and when I'm talking to, um, you know, humans about AI solutions, it's all about, you know, how can we help your people do more leveraging working aside uh, beside these tools to get a competitive advantage to service our customers better. So that's really my favorite place to be. I get to to talk to them about, you know, what they can do with these tools. And then I get to turn around and, and help my team implement them and plan to implement them. So um, that that's what I've been seeing a lot of uh, end of 2023 into 2024. Yeah, you know, Ron and I are laughing because when we speak at conferences too, 
the more technical you get, that's when you start to lose people and not even really technical, you know, but just with some of these terms that people may not have heard of and they, you know, maybe feel uncomfortable. And that's why we always like to break it down into terminology and examples and ways that they can relate and they can understand. And we, we say, you know, the concepts aren't that hard, but you just need to make sure you're addressing it in ways that folks can actually understand. You talked a lot about um, data as well. And we always say, you know, data is so foundational to AI, right? We say data is the heart of AI, but data really is so foundational to organizations in general. In our CPMAI training and certification, we present the DIKUW pyramid. And we talk about that a lot because data is the foundational level upon which everything else is built. So you get your data, but you, you know, data by itself is not beneficial, right? You have to do something with your data. So you can get information from that. And then going one step higher is knowledge. And that's really where machine learning comes into play. And then we have understanding and then wisdom, which we're not there yet. We're not at the understanding phase, maybe when we get machine reasoning. But that's, you know, we like to talk about that a lot too. So since you are CPMAI certified, how has the CPMAI methodology and certification helped you grow key skills for yourself, including providing that knowledge, the lexicon, and credibility that you were seeking? Well, thank you. But first, I want to say that um, your training, I was looking to find fault, and it has been spot on. And I've been working in this industry for the last, you know, well, many years. I don't want to say how many years, but it, you know, in AI, in um, intelligent automation, including RPA, which is a topic you covered, like understanding the difference between, you know, robotics process automation and something that's actually intelligent, right? Um, because, you know, RPA is the hands, not not the brains of, of the situation. Um, and, and intelligent document extraction, machine learning models, like using all of these technologies and the way that you covered, like the data challenges. I really enjoyed um, your And and I was looking to find fault, I will tell you, honestly, Um, but it was really good. And the reason that I I found Cognolytica and decided to go ahead and sign up for the certification, I'm PMP certified, I'm a certified scrum master. So I've known, you know, delivery, um, you know, both in waterfall and agile technologies. And it was really important for me and my team to get an approach that was like a methodology in place for AI, because it is a different animal. I mean, even with agile, with iterative processing, um, it's just different. The way that you can move uh, among all the different phases so quickly, it's not, you know, from start to finish, it's definitely nothing waterfall about um, deploying an AI solution. So really, um, we had deployed, you know, good, solid solutions over the years, but it it felt like we were leaning on the back of a few great technologists, right? That we didn't have something solid in place, a methodology in place. And for me as a, as a director, you know, as a manager, I needed to ensure our clients that we were able to consistently deliver great AI solutions. I'm not in the, uh, the business of creating high, uh, vaporware. It's like my biggest nightmare is to spend like months or even a year on a project and then it's just, you know, not of value to our business stakeholders. So I will educate myself 
with certifications, with whatever I can do, put whatever processes in place to just ensure that we can we can deliver um, on the dreams and hopes for our clients, right? For and and the tech is amazing and it's cool, so it's well worth um, the investment. But I also signed up for your ethical and responsible AI certification because I get so many questions in the field from our our relationships. Um, we do work in both commercial and public sector. So I was at um, a count, uh, organization of counties uh, meeting, and they were asking a lot of questions about how do they an- how do you answer questions about ethical AI, responsible AI to your constituents who are probably nervous, nervous these these technologies are going to you know, all the scary things that we don't want to talk about right now that we all know about. And how do I answer those questions? Um, so getting certified and really hearing like your, your comprehensive um, information on that topic, I, I think it's going to be really valuable um, as I disseminate that information to our clients. Well, that's fantastic. We, of course, love hearing not only how valuable CPMA has been to you, but more importantly, how valuable it's to your clients and to your projects. At the end of the day, our biggest motivation is making sure people are successful. And as you mentioned, you know, especially as AI tools and automation tools both become, I would say, easier to adopt and use, they're becoming more part of not only the projects people use, but they're becoming embedded in so many tools. So the technology part is becoming more and more accessible. It's the harder things people in process as you always we always talk about those are much harder things to change people are much harder to change than technology and processes are some of the most difficult things to change especially if they're embedded in the way that things are done right mm-hmm. uh, so i think this is sort of the goal and a lot of what the methodology is all about and cpmi cpmi itself for our listeners who are not aware that's the cognitive project management for ai it's a six phase methodology that is used to run and manage ai projects in a pretty logical way starting with understanding what business problem you're trying to solve, making sure it's applicable to AI. That's a key part of it. Trying to, of course, find the smallest uh, iteration you can do in the smallest amount of time so you can prove the value of your system. That's the challenge. Scoop management, things like that. Then finding the data that you need for that iteration so you're not boiling the ocean. The more data you have, that could be good, but more data, more problems many times, right? So you figure out the data you have. That's the second phase. Then you prepare that data based on the problem you're trying to solve. Then you can go about building the model that solves the problem. And then the next phase, evaluating that model to make sure it actually does what you want it to do. And then finally, operationalizing it. Sounds very logical, uh, but you'd be surprised with the high rates of project failures, how many times people are getting stuck by jumping around, going right to the model development, then thinking about the data later, operationalizing it before they've even tested it. Oh, we've seen it all. Now, if you if you haven't heard or seen CPMEI, fortunately, we do have a free intro course. If you're interested in taking that, it's an hour or so. Uh, you can go to uh, aitoday.live slash CPMEI, get access to that and all that. But anyway, I think this is fantastic. We've heard from you about how uh, you've been using it, how you've been applying it. And I think, you know, the next sort of thought here is what advice would you have, especially for others who are listening to you on this podcast and they're trying to manage and run their projects as well? Um, how, what advice would you give them about how they should run their data analytics and AI projects and perhaps some gotchas or some things you can share that insights from from the stuff that you've been working on? 
Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I have so many lessons learned and I'm sure I have so many more lessons to learn as we continue this journey. But what you said about working iteratively is huge, right? Not trying to boil the ocean. That was my exact thought. You took the words right out of my mouth. I've seen a lot of projects balloons as stakeholders start imagining. You know, we start the discussion, we start that discovery, and they start imagining what's possible with their data and AI. And the scope just balloons out and just being able to focus on what goal and what is that minimum viable product, right? What is the one thing that we want to accomplish? And then really building on that, I would say, is that is the first big gotcha is trying to do too much too, too soon. Um, another one, human in the loop feedback can be perilous. And this was a hard pill for my team to swallow. And we kept seeing it over and over. So for those, just to, just to um, clarify, if you're allowing your users to um, provide feedback, right? If they are not consistent and diligent and accurate about their feedback, depending on what data elements you're capturing in the feedback loop, then your model can degrade really quickly. Um, and as unfortunate as that may seem, because you're like, oh, it's AI, it's gonna get smarter as we're using it, we're gonna use this feedback loop, it's gonna be delightful. A lot of times, depending on what you're putting in that feedback loop, you need someone like a data scientist to um, curate that the feedback loop for you before just everybody's garbage is going into the feedback loop. You want to make sure that your model is balanced and it's it's consistently um, giving you accurate responses. Um, also, looking at the business prod, uh, problem objects, objectives versus the data at your disposal. So let me, and being realistic about that. So let me give you an example. I was working with a client who deals in the transportation um area. And they wanted a project uh, to decide, identify new transit stops, and it would be using historical data from their systems. So some yellow flags went up for me immediately as we were discussing with this uh, with our client, because if we're going to predict ridership and what stops we need to add, there are exterior data elements that aren't just captured here. Like, was there major construction going on, right? that would not be necessarily captured. Um, you know, what is there a plan for new construction of five new high rises on this end of town that would not be included in our predictions? So if we build an AI model and we feed it with limited data, we're going to get incorrect answers. So really understanding the, the nuance and the complexity and working with those business stakeholders to identify things where all right, we're missing data and then putting in a realistic timeline. All right, we can we can look at your historical data and we can answer questions historically. Now let's enrich the data with some of the the other data pieces that could help us make an accurate prediction. Because the the last thing I want to do is build a model that's going to give somebody an inaccurate prediction, right? Um, and my biggest one I want to mention is just AI um, implementations. This is not a set it and forget it kind of a situation. It's, it's to me, it's more like parenting. <laughs> like there's a lot of care and feeding that goes into this. You can't just build an AI model and be like, all right, done. I'm done here. I did it, right? It's giving correct answers because in just a few days or weeks or months, it's going to be outdated. Like you have to, like your children, nourish them with healthy food. And in, in the AI world, healthy food is 
high quality curated data added to the model in a balanced way so it will continue to give you great results. So that is my my one of my big ones as well. Um, but yeah, I could go on for days on lessons learned in these projects. Yeah. And, and you know, we love to hear lessons learned because I think that people can learn so much from that, right? We talk a lot about success, but a lot of people don't talk about failures and what you can learn and maybe some of the gotchas. So yeah, I love that. We always say, yeah, AI is not set it and forget it. And also model drift and uh, data drift are real and will happen. And you're right, it might not be in days, but it could be in weeks or months. So you don't build it and go, okay, this is perfect. Let's move on. No, like this is, yeah, like you have a child for life, right? You, you know, <laughs> you got to make sure that you are feeding it and nourishing it. And even when, you know, your baby is 18 or 21 or 30, it's like you're still you're still their parent. Um, and so that's really great that you you bring that up because we always try and stress that, right? Like you are going to, especially as you're building your team too, because a lot of people say, well, you know, budgeting, teams, roles, how, what do I need? And we go, well, make sure that once you actually have the model in the real world, that you have money and resources and and people that can still look at that. So those are, those are some great things. And, you know, we love to hear that you... Um, that you have seen that as well. So whenever we do our podcast, we always like to ask our guests one final question. And no matter how many times we've asked this, we always get such varied results because you're able to bring your own unique experiences into uh, answering the question. So as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond? I love this question. So it's a slippery one, right? Because there's teams all over the globe working as fast as they can in all different directions with AI. So no matter what answer I give you, it's probably going to be a little bit sideways. But for me, um, I just did this webinar with these two gentlemen that I respect so much. Um, Bavin Shaw is the CEO and one of the founders of MoveWorks, which is a conversational AI platform we often implement for our clients. And with um, CAI's own uh, Chris Zumberg, who is our director, uh, executive director of technology services. So we were predicting that 2024 is going to be the year of actionable AI, meaning that you know, in the past, let's let's just use conversational AI as an example, right? You ask uh, a question, and the AI model's like, "Oh, let me help you with that. I'll put in a service desk ticket for you to get this access or to do this thing that you need to do, right? Or I'll just answer a simple question for you." But we're talking about integrating multiple systems and allowing AI solutions to understand the question that you're asking and then hit multiple systems with multiple steps in order to fulfill your request, right? Not just create a service desk ticket, but really grant you the access, create the ticket, log the result, like do all of the things. Some of those things are happening today. And I think that in 2024, that will continue to grow. And what does that mean? It means that, you know, we can do things like improve employee engagement, right? I can answer all kinds of questions about your, your benefits and your payroll, but I can also do more actionable items like getting software installed on your machine. So you don't have to wait and be unproductive while you're waiting for that to happen. Um, and, you know, many other things in, in, in that area, getting you access, getting what you need to make you more effective in your role, um, helping clients get what they need, right? They, I just need to change my order. I need to change my location, doing all those things in a allowing those things to happen um, and account lookups, all, all the things that we want to be able to give to our clients after hours. 
on times where humans really don't want to be working and shouldn't have to be working. A lot of those self-service um, items. And, and I think it's really exciting to handle like multiple steps with multiple systems in a row. And AI is orchestrating all of that. Um, in the public sector, I was thinking of this because it's near and dear to my heart. I was at the PA Department of Education for a few years, helping teachers identify students at risk of dropping out, which I love, right? Because, you know, whatever, I'm a caring person, right? So in the public sector, uh, I, they're go- undergoing a, a shortage of applicants, which is, you know, and they have this increasing demand because population is always growing, right? So it's this imbalance that's very demanding and and challenging, right? So I think that just something as simple as digitizing um, paper processes, right? And automating those um, so the humans can get more work done. Uh, Conversational AI to assist, like I mentioned, after hours um, and get the constituents the information, but also for predicting and planning. Things like, um, you know, services, right? Like social service requirements, um, you know, when free reduced price lunches, like, getting people the services they need, suicide services, hotline services, right? All these services that humans need that we depend on our state, local, county governments to provide to us. And it's got to be a challenge to predict those things. So I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of benefit there where we're able to have humans working really closely with technology to, to accomplish more. And then in the commercial sector, Um, I just think AI will make it possible to serve our customers more effectively, reduce uh, waste, um, increase productivity of integrated teams of, you know, people in technology. So my predictions. That's a great predictions. <laughs> we'll have you on our updates from predictions. I think I think that's a great idea. We've always loved that idea. We always believe that, you know, artificial intelligence, as much as people would like to predict it's uh, super intelligence and a whole new thing, we feel it's a tool. It's a technology. It's just many other tools and technologies. And it's there to provide assistance and to help us as society uh, respond better to society's needs. And if we use it that way, that's a very powerful, positive tool. And of course, everything you're talking about is very much supported. A while back, we wrote and talked about something called intelligent process automation, intelligent business process, moving up the various levels of autonomous process, just like we have autonomous vehicles with multiple levels. At some point, we might have these self-driving processes, as you were. Uh, and um, it's interesting. We're, sp- we're still trying to make progress to it, but a lot of it is that vision that you were just talking about. Because a public se- especially in the government and public sector, they are having challenges with hiring across the board, whether it's state and local level or even at the federal level. We have aging workforces. We have increasing demands uh, on it. And then we have things like the pandemic, which caused a lot of the workforce to have to work remotely and work from home, which was, by the way, one of those big motivations for automation to begin oh. with. <laughs> but now people want self-service. They want augmented self-service. And I think, yeah, we're going to be keeping a close eye on this. Maybe we're getting closer. Stuff you're talking about is moving our way up those levels of of uh, autonomous business process, maybe level two or something like that. We'll have to sort of figure out how far we get here. And yeah, that could empower many, many people. Of course, there are challenges and there are advantages. So we'll have you back. We'll maybe talk a little bit about that, kind of do an update on the autonomous process and kind of see how far we're getting. But uh, this has been fantastic. I think for our listeners, you know, let us know what you thought about this. Let us know maybe additional questions, additional things. We'll have Christina back, you know, <laughs> dive deeper into this. Uh, but I wanted to thank you so much for, for sharing your insights, being here and participating on the AI Today podcast. 
I appreciate the time and the opportunity. It's great talking with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. This was such a wonderful podcast. And listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure to subscribe to AI Today so you can get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. I'll also link the free intro to CPMAI course in our show notes, as well as also our CPMAI training and certification course. I will link the CAI websites. You can check that out and also our um, intelligent business process so that you can check that article out to learn more. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.